Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Today's topic is when to sack the coach. Dallas, your topic. Thanks, Michael. Uh, Yes, obviously, in place of coach, in this case, we would say financial advisor. So we've talked about this a lot and uh, it's a part of how we see our role is as a financial coach. There's a lot of, uh, it's a bit of a buzzword in our industry now to refer to yourself as a financial coach, but it is, is, I guess, a part of the the dynamic or a good analogy to use sometimes. So, uh, and we were discussing this Look, I, I like the, sorry to butt in, I like the analogy because um, each one of our clients as yeah. they approach retirement yeah. has to train very hard. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, um, uh, oftentimes uh, they're experts in their own field, most, yep. most often, yep. uh, a couple, they yep. come to see us for the first time. Yep. They're earning the highest salaries they've ever earned. Yep. And, um, that's a little bit uh, akin to the talent of a, of a sporting team. So you've got a yep. talented sporting team, yep. but that sporting team won't get anywhere unless they put the hard work in. Yep. So, so we insist that yep. our clients yep. That's right. um, put hard work in yep. and we do good work. And, 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 it, and, and it, is, it is similar to that coaching role in that we can't do that work for them. No. That makes sense. So that's, again, is the analogy there is that we, we, we can't get up and go to work for them every day and, and earn that money. No. We can only help them channel that in, in the most effective way. That's so right. It, it is not a bad analogy. I thought I actually thought you were going to butt in and go with your Roger Federer has a coach now story that you, you've told <laughs> three hundred times. You, in my you've life. actually it's funny because I, I, I say it a lot, but you you've mentioned it three times in the last couple of weeks. So so uh, you, you're you're now mentioning it more than well. I, than well I do. It's because every time we talk about uh, a coach, I can see your eyes light up because you get to go. Did you know that Roger Federer has a kind of coach? <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, we were ha- having a coffee this morning and uh, discussing the, the Cowboys this season and talking about how it, it's a hard gig being an NRL coach because, you know, if you, if you lose your first four or five or six games, all of a sudden the, the knives are out, you know, mm. all the headlines are, you know, sack the coach and, you know, and, and we were discussing about it, uh, that it's actually a tricky decision to make because you could make the argument either way where you go you lose your first five games well are you just going to jump out and sack the coach it may or may not be their fault it, you know who are you going to replace them with it might not solve all the problems and it's but you also you know as we're debating it you go you can't just keep doing the same thing uh, again and expecting different results if, yeah. you, if you're not winning then you've got to try something different so from the perspective of having a financial advisor um, I think it's it's an interesting question because it's fairly similar in as much as you've got a financial advisor. It can be hard to know when when are things working well or not well. When is that because of your financial advisor and when is that just sort of the luck of the draw? And so that's sort of what I wanted to go through today is, is um, different examples of when we think it is, um, when we think it is and isn't, um, I guess suitable to to sack the coach or change financial advisor or when when you can probably blame your financial advisor and when it is when it's yeah. not appropriate. So um, the the first one that we to discuss is I guess 
uh, when shouldn't you sack the coach or when shouldn't you blame your financial advisor? And so the, the first one that jumps out at me with this is that a lot of the, a lot of your work that you, your financial advisor or the decisions that you make with your financial advisor will be around how is your retirement savings invested in, yep. in your superannuation, um, what asset classes you invest into there. So that decision, and we talk about this at great length, is that that's a trade-off that needs to be made. You know, mm. More volatility, higher long-term returns, all that kind of thing. Um, so if that's all been explained to you, there are still, it doesn't matter whether you've got the right investment strategy for you, there's nothing to stop in, in, a, in a year's time, you, you might have the right plan with the right financial advisor and in a year's time, your super balance might have dropped by 30%. Yeah. And so that's, I guess, the example that, that comes to off the top of my head of when you shouldn't sack your financial advisor is if there's something like that that is out of their control, they've warned you about the, the, the risks or the, the trade-offs that you have to make. They've said, look, this is going to be more volatile and then the market drops. You can't really blame your financial advisor for that because that's a part of their job is to have those conversations with you. They can't control what that market does in the next year. Yeah, look, and I look, I look at that a little bit like um, uh, it's really akin to losing one game mm. in a season. Yeah. Um, or even the best teams yeah. uh, lose one or two games yeah. in a season. Yeah. Um, usually, you, uh, it just just because you're playing so many games. Yes. You know, you yeah. Know, so right. if you're if yeah. you're if yeah. you're working towards your retirement, you're yeah. in retirement. Yeah. Uh, look, we know that that with high growth yep. markets, statistically, somewhere between um, you know, I think it's one in every five years That's what is, it is. is a negative year. It's exactly um, the, the the thing I was going to say there is that yeah, you know, even if you're invested 100% in growth in growth assets, there at least one year out of five, on average, that you will be hmm. you your balance will be lower at the end of that year than it was at the start of the year, and that's that's just a normal part of things. Now, it's unlucky if that's the first year that you've gone and met with met with a financial advisor and that just happens to be the, the one year out of five that, that the market drops. That's right. Um, look, there's, there's probably some language around this as well. So if they, if they you mentioned before Dallas, that if they've explained it, so if the financial advisor explained that this can happen, yep. um, then certainly it's not, it's not, uh, it's definitely not time to sack them at no. that point in time. No, that's it's right. a naturally occurring yep. event. Yep. Um, some things to be, to be careful about, and it's probably hard to remember this, but, but if they use the word, um, uh, if we have a negative return, yeah. I would say yeah. that's uh, very tricky language. Very dangerous. Um, they should be using the word when, when yeah. we have a negative return yep. because it is it is inevitable. Yep. Just it is just as it is yep. a sporting team losing a game somewhere yep. during a long season. Yep. A negative return yep. is yep. inevitable yep. Um, for, for for most people. That's right. And so that's that's I guess the main one that I can think of that. Um, you meet with an advisor and then a year later, when, when you would want to sack them but probably shouldn't is something like that. The, the only other uh, real example I can think of when you shouldn't sack your financial advisor is, and this happens uh, quite a bit, I think if, you, if your advisor is doing the right thing by you, is that if they're telling you something you don't want to hear, and that, that can be a bit of a, um, a subconscious one, is that if you are overspending, for example, you, you've said to your advisor that you want to retire in five years' time or ten years' time or whenever. They've said that you need to put X, X amount uh, into super every year. If you and and you don't then do that, and they pull you up on it, you can't then you can't then go. I like this guy. I, I'm going to sack him because it, again, it's like the coach making you do strength and conditioning and, and making yeah. you do some of those hard things that you don't want to do. So 
that's probably the, the other example that I can think of where you, you wouldn't sack that advisor. You, whether, you, whether you do it or don't do it, he's, he's, in most cases, should only be telling you that out of your own interest. Yes, and, and further to also the volatility thing, um, uh, I would say when that volatility occurs, yeah. if your advisor says, hey, look, we've got a plan in place and we've got a strategy. Yeah. Let's not change anything right now. Yeah. That is that is reason to keep them. Yes. Yeah. If it's, they start to say, yeah, yeah. look, oh, let's we'll, go to cash, let's, yes. let's sell out now yeah. um, and appease you and go to cash. Yeah. So it's similar. That is reason to sack them. It, it, is, um, it is a similar thing, isn't it? Because you go, it's a lot of the time when there is volatility, what you will least want to hear is, is what a good advisor should be telling you. Yes. So, when things are going gangbusters and, and you want to uh, borrow more money to invest or you want to you know, put all of your money into one economy or one company that you think yeah. is going to shoot the lights out, the advisor should be the one talking you out of that, uh, that euphoric state. Yeah. And at the same, by the same token, if the market is down, your advisor should be the one telling you not to panic when you most want to panic. So that's right. you're dead right of uh, that. That's a, a good example of what you will what your advisor tells you at those points probably doesn't feel good and probably doesn't, it isn't what you want to hear. Mm. The fact that you don't want to hear it means that it's actually more likely to be the right advice. That's right, yeah. Um, so so, when, so uh, when should you sack well, the coach? This, this is on, on my, um, Dallas. I'm pretty ruthless here with most advisors, so there's probably more of these reasons than, than <laughs> reasons to keep them, but um, there's, I think sometimes this is a, a bit more of a dangerous one because it's easy to it's easy to be happy enough with what your advisor's doing. So uh, I've, I've met with people before that have said, I've got a financial advisor, he, he manages my super. And so the phrase we use is, well, that guy's not a financial advisor, he's a money manager. Money manager. So he's not talking to you about what are your long-term objectives? Um, you know, what is it that you're actually looking to achieve? He's, he's managing your superannuation. So, that would be the first one is that, uh, and those sort of tying together. If you haven't had any discussions with your advisor about what are your goals, so if you're listening to this, you're over 50, the, mm. the big goal in everyone's mind is retirement. Yes. If you're not having discussions with your advisor about what are the goals, what, what are you actually looking to try and achieve, how much income do you, do you need in retirement? Uh, and, and as you said, these should be fairly rigorous discussions. It shouldn't just be him asking a question and ticking a box, it should be, your advisor pushing back on some. If, if there's anything that you say that it doesn't doesn't line up with with uh, how you sort of have have been living, your advisor should be pushing back on that. So mm. that should be their first role is to try and find out what is it that's actually uh, that you're trying to achieve, yep. and then they should be they should be working with you around uh, are you on track to achieve those goals. Yep. So. That's kind of the, the big one that jumps out of me is, is you should sack your advisor if they if there's been no discussion about what goals you. Yeah, so 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 that would be a money manager. So yep. they're saying you've got a pot of money. Yeah, um, we'll move it over here. Yep, and we will. Yep. Uh, if you're here, performing uh, benchmark. Our performing benchmark. Yeah, yeah. Um, get that, a, that, we'll, we'll get a, a good return. We'll we'll get a good return. All of the, uh, if you if you here if you look if you're here at Alpha, sack them straight away. <laughs> Just on the grounds that they're. Yeah. A uh, what, how can I yeah. word this nicely? The W yeah. word is what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Add, yeah. Adding alpha, yeah, is um, again look. It's a great racehorse name. Yeah, um, put that on the list. <laughs> but yeah. but um, if it comes out of the mouth, yeah, it, they're a salesperson, yes. not a financial advisor. Yeah, 
and the, and so there's a lot of different language that you hear around and I guess the where we talk about these, these things tying together if someone says oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a good return I guess my thoughts are to, to achieve what like to what end are we trying to get this good return or you know are we going to our performing a benchmark is the benchmark whether I can or whether I run out of money in retirement or not that's really the only benchmark that you that you need yes. to be worried about yes so so, so um, differentiating that is is you know you have half a million dollars between yeah. you, uh, the two of you yeah uh, you want to retire in ten years time that's yeah. on track to be at a million yeah. uh, look it really needs to be at 1.6 million yeah. for you to be able to achieve yeah. what you want to achieve in retirement yeah. so that that is that yeah. is like an abbreviated version of yes. goals, yes, yeah. um, and tracking to, to, to get there. Yeah. I hope I haven't uh, jumped the gun there. No, no, no I'm not saying that. But, that, but that's like, if there's an absence that. of that conversation, yeah. and they're just saying we'll get a good return on this yeah. five hundred thousand dollars that you have, or this four hundred thousand dollars that you have, yep, yeah. um, and we'll add alpha. Um, uh, or best of breed is another one. Best of breed. If you hear best of breed again, we are a uh, bespoke boutique. Bespoke. Uh, let's get all these terminology out. If you hear bespoke, um, just run. Yeah. Just run. Yeah. Like. Yeah. No, you're you're right. There's there's a lot of these things of um, what I if we continue on the language that advisors use that scares me is your advisor should be more worried about you than about them. So anytime your advisor goes, we are this, we are that, we're bespoke, we're a boutique. Uh, investment firm that adds alpha and we outperform benchmarks through best of breeds. Nowhere in that has it been, hey, you're the client, you're the one paying fees here. Yeah. What is it that you actually want to try and achieve? What is it that's important to you? What do you actually need to be, where do you need to be getting to? And yep. what do we need to do to make that happen? You, yep. you notice none of that language is around, no. hey, we're, we're the best at actually getting out of air and clients what's important to them and, and making sure they stay on track and all that. It's that, all about the advisor, the advisor. That's right. So what's second on the list for uh, reasons that you should sack the coach? So it sort of ties in a bit with that is that the way, and this is sort of counterintuitive, but if they, if they don't talk to you about uh, trade-offs that you have to make, things that you have to give up or pain that you have to go through. Yeah. So we, we just, spoke about this in, a, in, a, in our last podcast about um, you can't shift you, you can't get rid of risk you can only you can only shift it the same thing with in every aspect of our life we know that there are trade-offs that need to be made and yeah. there are decisions that, that need to be made about that and you can't there's no free lunch so yes if, if your advisor tells you that you can magically achieve all of your wildest dreams and that there's no trade-off that needs to be made there's no there's no pain that you have to go through nothing you have to give up yep that's that's a scary thing. Look, it's a little bit. I mentioned walking in to imagine being um, unfit and overweight, and yeah. walking into a personal trainer. Yes, and for them to say, "Look, we've got this magic bullet here. Yeah, um, yeah. you don't have to do anything. any hard work. You don't yeah. have to give up anything on your diet. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, it's what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah, but right. it, it's burying your head in the sand. Yeah, um, you don't have to change your diet. You don't have to change your nutrition. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to train hard. Yep. We'll just walk around the block yep. three times a week. Yep. Um, it's it's just not going to achieve the results that you need. So yep. look, I, I I can't think of anyone that's come to me uh, ten years out from their retirement yep. where I've said, there's "Hey, there's nothing that you need to give up yep. in your weekly budget or fortnightly budget." Like yep. each, it, like every single person yep. has required um, to to be able to put some of the disposable income. Yep. Uh, into their retirement savings yeah. uh, on a consistent basis for the last yeah. you know, 
260 paychecks yes. that they that they receive yep. over the last yep. 10 years of their working life. So, um, and again, just like having a talented sporting team, yeah, they are not going to win the grand final without um, becoming physically fit. Yeah, so it's so actually yep. going through a little bit of pain. Yeah, uh, other right. rewards worth it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that's I guess so. The, there's a few different ones when we talk about trade offs and, and pain that you have to go through. You know. Um, the same thing, like we said, uh, in, in talking about market returns that haven't been explained, is that if you, again, if your advisor is is talking to you about, I, we can get you this return, we can get uh, we can get really high returns with no volatility. Again, they're not being honest about the pain or the trade-offs that you need to make at that point. Yes. In time. Yep. That's that's a big part of, like you said, our role is that there's. Everywhere, everywhere you turn, there's a there's you you have to take on some risk and you have to take on some pain, and yep. that's no different to how much you spend every week or every fortnight, how much you save for retirement, and how you invest for your retirement savings. Is that there are there are decisions that need to be made there, and there is going to be some of them are going to be better in some ways and worse in others. But mm. if your advisor is telling you that no no there's no pain, you you can you can have the baby without having the pain then that's a, a big concern for me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Third on the list, Alice, of, what, of reasons you should sack the coach. Well, I think advisor. this is sort of, um, I guess it's a reason, it's a bit of a separate topic again, is, is around if you have no trust um, mm. in, in your advisor, I think is, and this is a bit more of a fuzzy one where we, we've just jokingly talked about different phrases that advisors use that can cause you to run the other way. But this is more that intuition of you walk in, you meet with them, and you just there's just some nagging thing in the back of your mind where you go, I don't know whether this bloke really is is acting in my best interests, or yeah. I don't know if I really trust him or if I believe him, or you know I just don't like him. Something about him that just creeps yeah. me out a bit, or or I just don't really understand what he's talking about, or any yeah. of those sorts of things. So. I think in our, in our modern world, we, we push back on a lot of their intuition that we really need to trust. And, and this is not to say that um, you know, your advisor's talking about things that you don't want to hear about. You need to give some money up. You need to make these trade-off decisions. That obviously makes you uncomfortable, but you can at least put your finger on why that's making you uncomfortable. The, the big one I'm talking about here is that a good advisor-client relationship is, is like all relationships. It's built on trust. And again, going back to that coaching analogy, you can have the best coach in the world with the best athletes in the world. They're not going to work well together if those athletes don't believe that the coach uh, knows what he's talking about and mm. doesn't believe that he wants what's best for them. That's so right. That's probably the, the, the last one that, that I would say when you should take the coach is if, there's, if you either don't have trust in them or if you've lost trust in them. Yeah. And, and you, you've used a great analogy here with, with percentages of, of, of the, the finding the right advisor for you. Yeah, so, so basically, um, uh, yeah, my, my analogy is that if I'm, let's assume I'm 100% the best advisor We, we won't even get into who's in the, the best advisor in, in Australia because <laughs> we argue about that at um, length. But. If someone's only going to trust me 80%, yeah. um, the absence of trust yeah. is, is no trust. Yes. I believe. Yes. So, um, so if you flip that around, if someone else was an 80% yeah, as good advisor. As good advisor, but someone was going to trust them 100%. That would be a better working relationship. Yeah. Because um, it requires trust is a two-way street between yeah. the advisor and the client. 
um, and and look, it's it's I, I think it's one of the most important things that the the, the client one hundred percent trusts the advisor. So. Yeah. Uh, a strategy that was eighty percent as good, yeah. and um, but, was, but received one hundred percent trust and buy-in by yeah. the client would yeah. be better than flipping that around yeah. and having a strategy that was, yep. you know, one hundred percent, yes, uh, with only eighty percent buy-in. And, and I think this ties into, um, I guess, how we see the the role of an advisor is, you know, you, you meet with a client, say in our case, we meet with our clients every six months. Um, they many of those meetings like you're obviously there's always things that you're working on but what you find is that there are a few times when people are under the most pressure and they're most tempted to make a mistake and they're going to ruin themselves financially that's when the the value of that advisor really comes to the fore and so absolutely as we just said if if you don't have that trust in your advisor to to give you the right advice the time when you're not going to listen to them or you're not going to take their advice is going to be at the time when you most need to. It's it's going to be the worst possible time. Yeah. Yeah, Because it's easy to listen while um, things are going well. Yeah. But um, you hit that mid-season slump, lose a couple of games uh, in a row. Yes. And um, it's it's the trust that actually, uh, to continue on with the strategy and the buy-in that that gets you through that. Yeah. If if there is any absence of trust. Yeah. Uh, look, that's the worst possible time for yep. that to to yep. come up because yes. uh, it will come up yep. at that stage at the wrong at the, at the at the worst possible time. You'll yep. you'll you'll make the wrong decision. Yeah, and that's I guess a part of uh, I guess how I'd wrap the whole thing up is that there isn't. It's it's a bit like what's the best investment or what's the best you know this or that. It's really about what's right for you as well. Is yes, there, there are. Of, of, as we've discussed, I'm the best financial planner in Australia, but there are there are some clients out there that are, we're just not the right fit for each other from yeah. a personality type point of view or a, a how we see the world or our values or what we think is most important. Yeah. We're just not going to gel in, in how we see the world. So for those people, I'm sure there's an advisor out there that sees the world in the same way that... Um, uh, has the same value system as them, all those sorts of things. That's That's a very important part of the dynamic of that relationship is that it's it's not about us sitting here going you should sack sack this advisor keep that advisor it's really a decision for for you to make as a client is to go I'm, now that we've talked about this I know what I, I know what I should sort of roughly be looking for and I know what I should be running away from yes then it's really a matter of you, you will you, when you meet with someone as in in any sort of relationship there will be either an instinctive, I think, trust, or there will be an mm. instinctive revulsion, and, and you'll want to run the other way. That's right. And and that's, I think, something that if you don't listen to that intuition at that point in time, you're going to listen to it at, at a time five years down the road when you most need to heed the, the advice of that yeah, person. that's right. Is, is. So if you're going to, I guess, uh, think about all these things, but also um, trust your instinct a little bit there in terms of who that person is and who you are going to trust because it, it's a huge decision. You know what I mean? As we said, it's yeah. for most people, it's your life savings. It's it's whether you're going to run out of money in retirement or not. This is the person that's either going to get you get you through your retirement without running out, or yeah. or not. So you really need to look at this as is, is this person the right fit for me? The, mm. the way that we talk about it is that there needs to be yeah, it's always good when you when you like and and enjoy and can have a laugh with with your advisor and your clients. But yeah. at the very minimum, there needs to be um, you know 
a healthy level of respect both ways. Yes. And that's, I think, the respect and trust is probably the big one that I'd say there is that that's in, in wrapping up the, the most important uh, thing of it all is not just for your advisor to have the technical knowledge and to ask the right questions and say the right things, mm. but you have to trust that they have your best yeah. interest in that. Absolutely. Um, one more to add just before we wrap up. Yeah. So this isn't necessarily a reason to sack the coach or the financial advisor, but it's a reason to never walk through the door in the first place. Pie, Pie charts. <laughs> So if on the front page of their website, there's a, there's a, there's a distinguished couple and in their 40s or 50s yeah. or 60s, <laughs> and there's an advisor with a suit and a rack of white teeth yeah. pointing yeah. to a colour pie chart. And he's, couple he's and got his old. head tipped slightly on the side and he's smiling. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that would be, for me, a symptom yeah. of um, not walking through the door in the first place. <laughs> yeah. If they think that's what's important yeah. and that's what financial planning is and yeah. financial advice is, yeah. That would be a reason. Well, I love to, to see that. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, when you, I've never looked at a pie chart in my life and had the smile on my face that most of the people in these stock photos do. You I, know, I think always looking at it going, this is the best pie chart ever. I think pie charts, to, to have any sense of meaning, need to be um, sized. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, if we're talking about the retirement savings balance that you need, that should be a dinner plate. <laughs> and so, so, so it's meaningless to me if I'm looking at a pie chart. If, 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 if it's, if it's as tiny as a teacup, yeah. then, it, then it may then have some meaning because I know, okay, well, That's yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm at teacup stage now, I need to get the dinner plate. Um, but, but, but the pie chart, the way it's presented, has absolutely no meaning. No, it's, Look, it could be... The, uh, isn't it funny that this is, you know, the weird things that financials think about? Pie charts are the lowest form of chart. A line <laughs> chart, a bar chart, any of these other charts, they're way more... Way more meaningful for people when talking about their retirement savings. Yeah. Anytime there's a pie chart, I, I, I think that's actually not a bad little rule of thumb. There, there are a few that we've rattled through there, and you know we've gotten very deep and meaningful with you know trusting your advisor. But a pie chart's a good one. Anywhere, anywhere on the website, you see a pie chart. Any, anytime your advisor says, "This is the this is the pie chart showing something," you're yeah. very hesitant. It's, yes. it's the lowest form of chart. I it, agree it, with you completely. So. A, uh, a good and jovial place to wrap up. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.